Hello and welcome back to the mini-sode of the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. This is Penny Sansbury with Amy Cornell. And we're we're taught we're treading into interesting territory today with this conversation about how marketing firms waste your money. And let me preface this by saying that this is not about saying everybody else is bad, but we're awesome. Although Amy and I do have conversations about that from time to time. But it's really a this the the genesis of this uh, conversation was because Amy and I see sometimes like an author will say, "Hey, I got this proposal from this other company. What do you think? How does your services compare?" And so we see a lot of things that get buried in these proposals that don't add anything to. It, getting the word out there about the about your book. I mean, for lack of a better term, they are a complete waste of your time and money. And that's what we're that's really specifically what we're focused on today. Amy, does that encapsulate it correctly? Yeah, I think that's perfect because truly we're not saying that there aren't a lot of other issues that authors may need help with, you know, like branding and questions about publishing options and things like that. And I think the biggest difference is that Penny and I always classify that as, as coaching. You know, we can coach you through some of those educational elements that you need. Whereas there are a lot of companies out there that kind of cram those all into what they call marketing. And it's, those are really apples and oranges. I think, you know, there's education and then there are actual marketing efforts that are designed to get your book in front of the right people. And I think blurring that line can get really dangerous. And it's a great way to spend a lot of money on things that aren't getting your book out there. Not that the education is bad, but you just have to be really smart about where your money is going so you can keep your expectations in check as well, I think. Well, and I think it's also, yeah, I mean, that's a very good point, but I also think it's, it's worth highlighting some of this and hence, obviously, the idea for the podcast because it is, it does, um, if you're looking at other marketing companies and they're putting a lot of stuff in the proposal, it's worth asking some smart questions. And one of the things that we see, I know, Amy, we, we kind of put a list together for the show. I'm going to start with the sort of halfway down this list. One of my biggest pet peeves is misleading promotions or media spots. And an example of this is something that Amy actually called out to me in a, in a, in a proposal that an author sent us from another firm where they said, oh, we'll mention your book in our newsletter or on our social media or in a podcast that they that they run, and the issue with that is is that you it, if the base if if the base of their if their follower base isn't your reader base, it's a complete waste of time. So look for things and ask questions, right? So if you see something like that, I think it bears asking how what their how many people subscribe to their newsletter. Um, what's their, you know, reader demographic and things like that. Because sometimes in some cases there are like book tour companies and things, they have avid reader followers in their newsletter, but, you know, readers are very particular. So if you read science fiction and somebody is promoting, you know, and this company is now promoting your self-help book or your romance novel in their newsletter, you're probably not going to get a lot of activity from that. So in many cases, it, it's a little misleading and can actually be 
kind of a waste of time. Yeah, absolutely. I think another, that's a really good point, Penny, because yeah, I saw one where it's like, we're going to get you on this podcast and to keep it short, there's no way anybody listening to that podcast was probably in this author's reader market. So that was really, that was really frustrating to see that they were really excited about getting on a podcast. That's like, but if it's not the right people, you know, like you said, Penny, what's the point? Um, Right. And if I can just, just, if I can interject, because one of the smart things that Amy did, and she's too humble to say this herself, but one of the smart things that Amy did is she sort of followed the breadcrumbs and she actually looked at this podcast to see who it was and what other shows they've done. And then she found out that it was actually the company that ran the podcast. And look, we have a podcast too, but we don't put it in our promotional materials that you're going to get on our podcast. Because if you've been listening to us for a while, we don't do, we don't, we haven't done an interview, we haven't started doing interviews yet. But the issue here is that that really makes me mad. And why I interrupted you is because they bank a lot of times companies are trying to pull the wool over your eyes, which again, there are a lot of great companies out there. So we're not calling out everybody except us. Um, but some companies anticipate that authors are not going to ask questions. And that's where a lot of this basis, a lot, a lot of what we're talking about today um, starts with the, you know, authors just saying, well, I guess it's good because they're sending it to me and they're not asking strategic or smart questions. Right. Absolutely. I would say two of my biggest pet peeves were kind of jumping around on our list just because this comes up a lot in the early stages when we first start talking to an author. Um, So these are the kind of, you know, a lot of times I'll ask an author when they come to us, you know, I get a feel for their goals, what they're looking for. A lot of people offer it up proactively. Like, this is what I want. This is what I need. Can you do this? Which is helpful. Uh, but a lot of times what we see also that authors get really enamored with is our online, you know, calendars and timelines and then weekly calls. Oh yeah. And, you know, we're not trying to avoid you. <laughs> I swear, but you know, these, these are kind of these fluff pieces that are designed to make you feel important. And they are like, oh yes, we'll, we'll do calls. We'll do, we'll do this. We've created this great calendar for you to follow in this timeline for you to check into. And the reason I get really kind of pissed about this stuff is not because there's not value in it necessarily, but I, what gets missed a lot is that you as the author are absolutely paying a premium for their time to do this. Right. You are paying for them to spend the time to create that online calendar or that timeline to follow. You are 100% paying for their time to get on the phone with you and realistically probably say all the same things that they could easily put in an email. Um, you know, so that's the part that really kind of that gets to me is that when people say like, well, what about this other proposal? I had all these calls and they had all this like fancy stuff for me to look at. And it's like, well, if that's really how you want to spend your money, then that's your prerogative. But those kind of things, they do eat into your budget substantially. And, you know, back to how Penny kicked off the show, they are not contributing to getting books in anybody's hands. So again, that's where we just kind of want to shine a light on the kind of strategies and efforts and services and things like that that all get bundled into book marketing and really want you to pay attention to what is designed to get in front of readers and 
you know, what should be categorized as either education or just plain customer service on behalf of the company, things like that, you know, just get really smart about where your money's going and where their time's being spent. And just know none of that is included for free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, you know, we did so for a while, um, for certain campaigns, campaigns that were longer, things like that, we did weekly calls. This goes back many years ago, I would imagine maybe even before Amy's time, but it would, they were never productive. And part of the reason for that is, is because I think authors, you know, you get on these weekly calls and authors, a lot of times don't really know what to ask. And as Amy said, you're pointing out kind of everything that's sent in the update. And we have some authors that come to us and say, you know what, I, I really need a lot of phone time. And I'll tell them, like, we can absolutely add on phone time, but let's do it on an as-needed basis so that you're not paying for a bunch of stuff that you're not using. So the other piece of it is um, press releases. Now, press releases are designed to announce notable events, stories, and I am not a huge fan of press releases. And honestly, somebody asked me if I'm going to do a press release for their book launch, and I said, well, no. I mean... There are 4,500 plus books published today in this country and publishing a book is not newsworthy. And I know that sounds very, we've never, we've arrived at the buzzkill portion of the show, (laughs) but you know, it is a way and it's expensive to both write a press release and then use a wire service to send it out. So be cautious of press releases for non-event situations, right? So there, there needs to be, you're much better off creating a pitch to pitch to the media around a big story that's happened, right? So you got some, something big happened or you're, you know, I think, you know, book to movie, that's kind of press release worthy, but even that could, you know, you might even be better off do, you know, writing a a pitch and sending out to your local media uh, because they would be probably very interested to hear about the success of their local author. Right. And then you can always build from there. Right. Exactly. Building on media is so much easier than, than skipping all of the Mm -hmm. ones that you think are too small and just going for broke to the big, you know, the hot ones that you think are going to be the best, you know, exposure for you. Building is so much simpler. Everybody wants a sure thing. So if local covered you and it was a great story, it's like, okay, there's some merit. Somebody bigger sees merit there. They see yeah. that they're, you know what I mean? Somebody else spent their time covering it. So, okay, maybe it's worth my time too. Like you can't forget about that element. Like nobody wants to be wasting their time and nobody wants to cover news that their followers don't find interesting. So they really want a sure thing. Right. Um, I think the last one that I want to cover at least are strategies that aren't realistic for your market. And I realize this can sometimes be hard to decipher when you're brand new at this. Um, But even if you don't know a lot about book marketing or the publishing industry yet, you know, these are the kind of strategies that realistically these companies offer every single author they work with, no matter what genre they're in, no matter what topic they cover, no matter if it's their first book or their 10th book, whether they're on social or not, you know what I mean? There's just really, it's, it's across the board. They offer it to everybody and there's not a lot of thought put into whether or not that's actually going to elevate your particular situation or speak to your particular needs or goals or anything like that. 
granted, there are definitely strategies that do work for a lot of authors. You know, we do Amazon ads for authors across the spectrum. But the difference there is that we are very transparent about how those are targeted to your market. You know, we're very transparent about how we work and how we approach these strategies and why we use them and what our end result goal are is for all of these. You know what I mean? So we put that out there. We're willing to own why we recommend very particular strategies. So when you see these strategies that show up on... Um, you know, proposals for when you're doing your due diligence and checking out different companies, if it seems a little vague or a little broad, then definitely ask the questions. If, if they don't put it right out there for you to explain to you how it's going to benefit you, push them to give you a straightforward answer on why in particular they think that's going to work for you. And I will say Penny and I try very hard to proactively make that a part of all of our proposals and what we offer clients. You know, we try to include that in all of our in all of our documentation and all of our um, communications with the clients. So they really understand where the value is and why we do what we do. Right. Exactly. Because I think that, you know, if you have, um, you, you probably don't have an infinite amount of dollars to spend towards your marketing and hiring a firm. So you really want to make sure that you get the most bang out of your marketing dollar. And I think the, the biggest takeaway from this mini-sode, which I think we already went fairly long for a mini-sode, but it was all worth mentioning, ask smart questions. Ask questions. You should always be allowed to talk to somebody about your proposal. Ask some questions um, and look for things that are like that we talked about today that are superfluous and aren't really going to necessarily move the needle on your book marketing. Amy, thank you so much. This was a great, I'm really, really glad that we did this show. I think it was, I think it's just so important. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Once again, just to remind you, we love reviews wherever you listen to podcasts and be on the lookout for our Patreon page, which we're very excited and, and working on it. We're going to be launching that soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye.